Mr. Bill Michaels is here. Hello, sir. I am sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's, I, I, oh my God, I'm so sorry for being late. For, how you doing? I'm doing well. So, hey, no worries about being, you are the busiest cat that I, I, I follow on all the social medias, man. I love it. I think it, it's great. The grind is nonstop, Bill. Nah, it's, uh, you know, one of those things where if you've, if you've ever been in a meeting with salespeople, they mm-hmm. love to pitch and they love to talk and they start talking and you're going over things and all of a sudden you look down and you're like, oh my God, I'm late. I got to go. And and so my apologies for uh, for being late. I have to shut my phone off there, but that's kind of what happened. So no, anyway, it's all glad good. I'm here though. I'm glad you are here too. Congratulations. I know 2021 has been the wildest year for you, I, you know, taking a break. Uh, coming back with a vengeance, the live stream, you're, you've got bigger things going on. Like, what has this whirlwind been like it, just in the first you know, quarter of the year? It's been interesting because 2020 was was kind of a nightmare, mm. uh, going through a lot of personal stuff and, and trying to get all of that out of the way and get it behind you. And then you kind of decide, you know what, uh, I, I think I'm going to make a change. Mm. And I did, obviously, and I walked away. And then what happened was I started getting calls from individual stations and people that wanted to still listen to the program. And one thing led to another. And I said, you know, I, I, to be able to do this, uh, you know, as you know, you have a certain amount of level of life that you have. And so when I started talking to individual stations and some in smaller markets that really wanted me to come back, I said, you know, I, I didn't think they could kind of afford to do the deal and to be able to put on a network show and to do it the way I wanted to do it. And so in the meantime, I had started my own company and I was just going to stick with with podcasts and live streams. And that was going to be it. I was just going to do specialty stuff and and just go out and enjoy myself for about a year. And I kept getting phone calls. And then one day Midwest family called and they said, hey, we'd like to bring you back and we've got the ability to put a network together. We'd like to do it. And I had already had support from a lot of the former network stations anyway. And I said, well, you know, this is what I'd like to do. And they said, that's fine. You you go do you, whatever you want to do. And uh, what would it take to get you back? So you write down a bunch of, you know, stuff and you say, well, I'd like, and you always think, you know, in a perfect world, mm, I'd like this, I'd like mm-hmm. that. And I got a text from uh, the president that just simply said, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, I'm back, you know, crap. So uh, that's kind of the way it worked out. And then once you get the company going right now, I'm still, this is how fast it got together. I still don't have a producer, so I'm kind of producing things myself, and I'm working with some of the guys out in Madison. Uh, the sales department has been fantastic, but I've got a dedicated guy in Joe DeGuano, and, and he's been fantastic, and we've been kind of conquering the world together. But when you're writing all the deals and you're doing all of this kind of stuff somewhat yourself, you know, you're involved in every aspect of it. And I did this 10 years ago. I went through building a network 10 years ago. But I did it with other people. Now I'm kind of like a, a singular entity. So it's it's just interesting in the way it's been all coming together. But I will say this. I, I am no longer out and about as far as in studios and stations. And mm. I, I stay at home. And that's kind of nice. So I get to, get to keep the show here at home, stay home with the dogs and hang out during the day. But I do hit the road for sales. And once COVID lifts and we begin to open things back up, I'll get out back traveling again. But it's been a blessing to be able to do all of this from home. Uh, Joe DeGuano, huge fan uh, of that gentleman. Next time you see him, ask him about his his uh, a fascination with plaid shorts. 
Okay, yeah. I will. As a matter we're, of fact, he was just he was just calling me while we were sitting here. That's what I was doing. <laughs> was shut my phone off, and Joe's trying to get back in touch with me. Yeah, so I'll I, let him know. Him and I had this thing back because uh, I worked for Midwest Family Broadcasting up in Eau Claire for uh, for about two decades, and and every time Joe would come in, him and I were the only pe- only two human beings in like the tri-county area that wore these like really loud plaid shorts. So it became like a, a unifier. Uh, between right. Joe and I. So next time you see him, ask him. It's probably not quite shorts weather in Wisconsin I'll just yet. You. But uh, It's not short plaid shorts, right? It's just no, plaid <laughs> shorts. No, okay. no we're, we're, we're about knee high. We're about knee level. Okay. So, I don't want so, the John Stockton plaids oh, running man. around out there. That's oh, for sure. No, nobody wants that anymore. No, we're, we're, we're over that. Uh, the first time I met you, Bill, it was it's, it, it was a wild, wild day, in uh, especially in your life. This was at the J.A. Golf Outing several years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... We we showing up there with the station, and uh, I'm a sports guy at the time. Introduced me to you. It was really brief. You were doing the show live out there, and literally five minutes after we met, there was this giant kaboom, <laughs> and the building shook. The lights went out, and we're like, "What the hell was that?" I remember that, and and like and, and things kind of go back. Uh, who was who was the guest that year? It was. Uh, it was uh, Kramer, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Kramer. Kramer, Jerry Kramer. So yeah. we went and took our picture with Jerry and, and all that stuff. And all of a sudden there's like this, there's a franticness and, and my buddy, Dan Casper, he's like, uh, yeah, Bill just got hit by lightning. I'm like, what, what? <laughs> like, like that lightning strike we just heard. That was, yeah. that was my first face to face encounter with Bill Michaels is the day that he got struck by lightning. So there's a. Uh, it's a memory for And me. that was, remember, that was the first appearance for Jerry Kramer after he had just been inducted into the yep. uh, the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that was a big deal. I mean, that thing had sold out. Everybody was there in anticipation of Jerry. He had just, we were outside, we were doing the show, and Jerry had just finished up as a guest, and it started to rain. And it was a tiny, remember, it was a tiny little thunder yep. cell. They thought, you know what, 10 minutes, well, we're going to be out on the course, no big deal. And uh, Jerry, it started to rain and lightning, and Jerry said, I better go get my golf clubs and move them under the the awning there. Mm. And so thank God he got up and left. Otherwise, who knows what the hell would have happened. But uh, Jerry got up and left. I'm sitting at the table by myself. And, and yes, uh, sure enough, the, the lightning hit right out in front of uh, Wild Ridge, mm. and it, it arced down those metal tables on the outside of that patio right into my fingertips and right out of my shoe, and that was it. So fried all my equipment, the computers, everything was gone. It was a wild day, and I was—I remember because we, you know, the the buzz in the building was, uh, you know, we we'd had you up there for something before, but it was, be, I think, because Jerry, it was the Jerry Kramer event uh, right after the the induction, so it was a lot of hype and anticipation for this thing. And then I remember the the after effects was like, great, we brought Bill Michaels up here, and uh, and we struck him with lightning, so it's going to be <laughs> we're going to have to add some zeros onto the check next time we get him up yeah. here. The the weirdest thing was because I I got hit and I knew I'd been hit. It took you a minute to kind of took me a minute to kind of realize what had happened. And one of the guys that was remember how they had that that uh, that table set up with mm-hmm. all the different uh, awards or prizes, prizes, yep. the uh, the raffle items on it. And one of the guys was putting stuff in the raffle items, and he was looking out of the window over my shoulder when it happened. And he stuck his head out the door, and he said, "Hey, did you get hit by lightning?" And I said, "I think so." And he said, "We saw it go down the tables." And I don't know who that guy is to this day. I couldn't honestly tell you, but. He said, yeah, we saw it go down the tables and it stopped at you. Did you are you okay? And I said, yeah, I, I should be good. And I knew something was wrong. I didn't feel good, you know. So I just very quietly walked over to Tim, who's the uh, the GM over there. And I just said, hey, is there a hospital nearby? And, and the best part of the story was I, I drove down. I, I packed everything up myself. Because yeah. remember, I didn't want to take away from Jerry's day. So I packed everything up myself. 
And I drove myself down to the Mayo Clinic and I walked in and the girl at the emergency room right behind the desk, she said, you know, hi, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I think I was just hit by lightning. And she did one of those. She looked at she went, really? You know, like she didn't believe me. And I said, no, I, I don't make this crap up, you know, daily and driving to hospitals. I said, yeah, I think I did. So that's when the doctors and everybody comes out and they started to look at me and sure enough, my fingertips were all swollen up and I didn't know it. And there was a hole in my shoe. Didn't know that. And then the, the, uh, the doctor comes in and she says, you know, do you care if we have a couple of other doctors observe you? And I said, you know, yeah, that's okay. Why? And she goes, well, we've only seen about three or four of these before. And I said, well, how were those? And she goes, you don't understand. You're, you're the only one alive. And I'm like, you can bring everybody in at this point. You can bring in a beer vendor. You can bring in a hot dog salesman. We're good with that. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird day. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, but I want to I want to talk to you about so many things. And we'll we'll kind of get a dinner coming up tonight. So we'll uh, we'll we'll try to touch on as many things as we can. But you, I always I always have great questions for sports uh, people who are in sports radio because it's such a uh, a, a knowledge base in an opinion, and you have to just have like this open gate of information that always comes in because it's ever changing. But you didn't start necessarily. You you started in like just regular radio right you did like some rock and some country and things like that yeah back when you first yeah i did everything i uh i started out at a station in rushville indiana mm. i mean don't, don't get me wrong when i was growing up when everybody else in high school and such was listening to top 40 i was always listening to sports talk where mm. i grew up uh, there was 700 wlw and which you can hear up here at night once the sun goes down it gets larger rather than smaller like many stations do mm. and we used to have a guy named bob trumpy remember bob trumpy and mm. don crickey were the two guys that used to do nbc sports and call nbc football and uh so bob trumpy was the sports talk show host and i used to listen to him and call in and argue with him about stuff so this was always kind of in my realm of what i wanted to do but you know back in the day you got to kind of pay your dues so i went to a little station in rushville indiana and worked my way up. And then eventually I ended up uh, back in Cincinnati and I did a couple things. And then I was back up in Columbus, Ohio and did rock radio and mornings. And mm. hell, I did uh, I did sex talk radio on a country station for a, <laughs> a very brief period of time, which was really weird with a, a doctor. And, uh, and then from there, I got the call because the company that owned the country station had bought another station and they were going to flip it to a sports talk. And that's when they knew I was the guy. So I ended up becoming a talk show host, a programmer, all that stuff for a station in Cincinnati. And, and that was kind of it. I, that was the launching pad and I've been doing it ever since. But when I was at WOW in Cincinnati, I went back there. It was, it was so neat to be a kid listening to that station and then grow up and actually work there. Mm. But, you know, cause people always say, well, why didn't you stay there? Well, at the time I had two guys ahead of me that I, I would have never gotten past. The yeah. two guys that were ahead of me was Chris Collinsworth mm -hmm. and Boomer Esiason. And who knew where Chris would end up today and Boomer would end up today. But those were the two guys that were doing sports talk. I wasn't going to knock those two guys out of that chair. So, and they were pretty content in staying there forever until bigger, better things came calling. But I ended up leaving when uh, I got the call from TMJ and the Packers. That's when I said, okay, this is it for me. So I'm going to go ahead and take off. And that's what I did. You had a, a, a recent episode of your show. You had talked about that move to Wisconsin and, and TMJ, and and kind of how the landscape from then on, in as far as Wisconsin sports goes, has really 
has really changed, you know, from yeah. from County Stadium to to Miller Park. Obviously, the success of the Packers, you know, the Bucks going through uh, some some the ebbs and flows that the Bucks go through. But now, obviously, on this upward trajectory with uh, with so much talent and actually a, a, a city now and a market that people seemingly want to come and play in. Uh, tell me about the last. It's because that's been almost it's been two decades, hasn't it, since you've been? Yeah, up here? I, I got here in '99 and. One of my first things to ever do was I went up to uh, Lambeau mm -hmm. because I was going to be part of that pack. Because originally they hired me to do the sideline stuff because mm -hmm. it was Larry McCarron doing the sideline stuff. And then Max and Jim yep. were doing the broadcast for the Packers. And then Jim and Max decided to retire. So Wayne, or, uh, Wayne was hired. Mm -hmm. And there's your guy again, just an FYI. Joe's <laughs> calling. Joe, Joe's going to keep calling. Joe, so, Joe uh, should be watching. <laughs> right. So uh, Wayne and L Larry was moving up to the booth. Wayne was uh, going to become the play by play because Wayne and I got hired at the same time. And then what had happened was I was going to do the sideline stuff. Well, Ron Wolf at the time said, no, nope, we're not going to put anybody on the sideline anymore. They were really afraid of secrets and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So uh, they said, OK, we're going to make you the pre and the post. And I got teamed up with Brian Noble at the time. But you think about it. You know, we've seen the Brown County referendum. Yep. We have. I came in when when Ray Rhodes started, and it was his only year as the head coach. You had Tom Crean at Marquette, Bo Ryan at UWM. Uh, you had uh, George Carl uh, was yep. taken over as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Phil Garner was still the manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, who were still at County Stadium, and they had just broken ground on Miller Park. Mm -hmm. So, and then obviously Barry was still the head coach out in Madison, and they were still trying to raise funds to expand Camp Randall and. And now look at where we're at today. Like you had mentioned, the Bradley Center is gone. The Pfizer Forum is here. Miller Park is here. The expansion of Lambeau Field and that Titletown District is amazing. And what they've done out in Madison is nothing short of stupendous. So just how far we've come and how much we've grown in that those two decades is amazing. It really is. And I think when you look at the caliber, and, and we'll kind of jump into the, the sports day and age now that we're in, I mean, the the level of talent that we have just in the, in the state and MVPs. I mean, that was the last three, four years in a row. We've had an MVP that's been playing on a, a franchise that's been from Wisconsin. You just you don't hear even in larger markets, L.A. or in New York. You just don't hear about that kind of stuff. But you have this the eyeballs on on Wisconsin. And it's it's great because now they're they're all really watchable. You know, there's the, the, there was a time when the Brewers were like, I was like, ah, oh, man, just, you wanted to root for them. And then, you know, I think the CC year when CC came in, there was this revitalization of, of, of the Brewers and, and fandom down there. The Bucks, obviously, uh, Badgers always have their their passionate following, and that continues to grow. And obviously, the Packers, uh, you know, when you have a go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, life doesn't suck too much. But a lot of positives uh, in the state as far as, uh, as sports goes. To so to have a year that was kind of 2020 was rough on a lot of people it was this last year was so surreal and so frustrating in so many ways um i had not missed a packers game in in 20 years mm. and to not be able to go to lambeau field consistently not to be able to go to a practice not to be able to to kind of witness things and, and now you're being spoon-fed information same thing with the bucks same thing with the brewers to not be a part of that it really makes what we do just opinionated radio beyond that because you don't get that insight. You don't get to go and see those guys and, and get a feel for what's going on behind the scenes. So that was frustrating. Um, as a fan, 
to come so close in many ways. Remember, the Badgers had just won the Big Ten and they shut everything down. The Brewers had just announced Christian Yelich signed a contract extension and everything got shut down. Baseball was arguing back and forth over money. You had, obviously, the NBA goes into the bubble, and then that really was a crash and burn for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. And then the Packers entice us again, but still just don't have enough pieces to get over the hump uh, and, and get themselves to a Super Bowl. You, and, and let's be honest, I mean, I don't know what we would have done had they gone. Right. You know, how do you cover the pageantry that is the Super Bowl when there really isn't pageantry? It's mm -hmm. just the Super Bowl. So um, it, we, we, I was just talking to a buddy of mine. In the grand scheme of humanity, a year and a half has been a blip. But in the grand scheme of our lives, for what it is we do for a living, not just going out and seeing friends and being social and being able to go to restaurants and dinners and venues and theaters and such, but just just for what we do in sports, it's been such a weird year to where we were, to where we are today. And you hope it, doing what we do for a living, it goes back to the way it was. Because I don't know how they're going to suddenly allow sports writers and sports broadcasters in the locker rooms to mix and mingle without masks, to go back to putting microphones in guys' faces. I, I don't know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it or when we'll ever see that again. So um, what, what, what COVID has done, I think in many ways, has changed the landscape mm -hmm. uh, of the way we cover sports. It's also going to be one hell of a fight upon our part to be able to get back into those locker rooms and in those circumstances. To, to, it's Because people say, well, why do you need to do that? It's not for the for the sound bites. It's not right. to get that. It's to be able to talk to a guy when you when he puts the microphone away and he says, hey, I'm, I'm talking to you about this. And then he tells you, yeah, I've been sick for the last couple of weeks or, you know, hey, this is going on at home. And it gives you an insight as to what's going on behind the scenes so you have an understanding as to how a guy plays. Go back to when Travis Shaw was playing third base and have a terrific season, mm -hmm. but he leave the ballpark fully in uniform drive to Children's Hospital where his daughter was in ICU for months on end, his newborn daughter, and then he'd get back, go back to the ballpark, shower and dress and go play again. I mean, yeah. it was an unbelievable grind that we got an insight into for what he was going through. And in, in a situation like that today, we'd never see that. So uh, just in our business alone, I hope that we progress back to the certainty of normalcy rather than you know, go a, a very slow grind. Because I think the farther away we get from that island, the worse it's going to be to try to climb back to it. Yeah, I would agree. I'll t we'll touch on a couple of the big sports topics. Obviously, the uh, announcement coming out that uh, Barry Alvarez is going to be stepping down as uh, as AD of Univers University of Wisconsin. Uh, big for a guy who really changed that university. It changed uh, how, how, how sports is looked at. Uh, from the Badgers as far as the football program and recruiting and, and all the, I mean, it seems like Wisconsin always has the next big running back ready to go. And that has a lot to do with, with Barry and his ties out in Jersey and uh, just the way that he recruited and, and the, the environment that he created in Madison, how big of a, how big of an impact does it have him stepping down? Well, I think it's huge in the sense that I, and I call Barry kind of not only a good coach, but he's that leader. He's, mm. he's that general that, you know, he's going to make a mistake every now and then and he'll own it and then change it and say, OK, let's go in this direction. But he's the guy that, you know, everybody can follow into battle. And he's the guy that's going to lead the way in many circumstances. He's the guy that, you know, gets on the competition committee and they listen to him. He's the guy that gets behind closed doors for the college football playoff system and they listen to him. He's the guy that when, you know, hey, Anderson wasn't the guy. And right away, he said, OK, this isn't going to work and this isn't our style of football brings back Paul Christ. He had respect for Paul Christ is not to go after him once he took over the uh, Pittsburgh program. So 
there's a guy that had some integrity. There's a guy that led in the right way. There's a guy that that whether you believed in what he was doing right or wrong, he still got results. Mm -hmm. And then since then, you've seen volleyball, hockey, basketball, football, all excel, all the major money sports for the most part. And he's done extremely well. So I think his his leadership and his presence alone will be missed. And I think that probably more so than anything is what we're going to remember the most. We have, uh, of course, the NFL talking about going to 17 games. That's been kind of on the on the minds and mouths of a lot of people. Adrian Amos, of course, uh, famously saying we agreed to this on Twitter. So there's uh, that is out there with the uh, the owners' meetings coming up, and obviously the NFL draft around the corner. But there's so much going on in Green Bay, and you you've mentioned it on on the show before. Uh, kind of a PR nightmare that's happening with the handling of Aaron Rodgers and what that means for the team and the all-in, putting all your chips in the middle of the table for what is probably going to be the last year, maybe two of his time in Green Bay. What are your what is the latest uh, that you're hearing that's that's going on there? And what are your feelings as we get closer to April in the draft and, and the direction this team is 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 kind of chosen to go during the offseason? I, you know, it's funny because I, for people that I trust, I get two different stories. So I don't think even people that are really close mm. know specifically what is going to happen. I think the way this plays out is the Packers are going to figure out what it is they need. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to Aaron and say, okay, this is what we need and give us this amount. So that way you're not kicking as much down the, down the road, so to speak, as mm -hmm. far as money goes. And it still gives you that out. It still gives you that ability. Now, Aaron has always stated he wanted to remain in Green Bay and retire here, and he wants to go down as the greatest Packer quarterback to ever play. So to do that, he would need at least one or two more Super Bowls for him to kind of rise. We know as a quarterback, just physically playing the position, he's been the best. He's the most Virgin-esque-like performer we've ever seen. Brett had the heart of a lion. And, and, and Bart had the unbelievable leadership skills. And had he not gotten injured, certainly Lynn Dickey might have been in that conversation. Right. Uh, but Aaron but, but really did want – did – I haven't talked to him in the last year – but did want to be considered that. So whether or not he looks at it as a legacy builder or he's so pissed off at the organization for the Jordan Love pick, for the way they've kind of tried to push him, so to speak – then maybe he's just completely said to hell with it, and that was the reason for his comments at the end of the season. But uh, I got to think at some point the realization is going to be, and the way it's been described to me is they're playing a game of chicken and nobody's blinking right now. And Aaron Rodgers has all the power. The organization doesn't. So Aaron would be the guy that, that, that probably initially needs to blink and say, okay, this is what we'll do. Or the organization needs to come to him and say, we'll go ahead and give you a contract extension. What do you want? But if I'm Aaron, at this point, like many have said, why do I want to believe? Because I have I have taken pay cuts before, at least taken the the extension before, and we've kicked some money down the road only to turn around and we're not really buying guys. We're buying retreads and bargain basement bin guys. And then you cross your heart and hope that they're going to pan out. I mean, when you look at free agency, had they said, hey, Aaron, we want this guy, this guy, and this guy, and we want to bring in a Richard Sherman or a Patrick Peterson, and we want to bring in this, then maybe he goes, you know what, okay. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't I don't know right now. The way I would look at it is they're going to do just enough to bring in the guys they want, not push so much of that money down the road, and then keep their op options open for a year or two. I mean, who knows? Aaron's not going to have another MVP season this year. Historically, he'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. But let's say in two years that he does, then what? How would you kick him out having Jordan, having Jordan Love sitting there 
and waiting, and you really don't know what you have in the guy, but you're going to kick out the MVP. That's one of the stupidest things you could ever do as a general manager. That's going to be the rest of your legacy. So I, I get a feeling that's going to be kind of the way it plays out, but I don't think – I think we're in somewhat of a stalemate right now, and mm. I wouldn't expect anything anytime soon. But then again, they fooled me before. How many players away do you think they are from – winning an NFC championship game. I mean, nobody can argue with the success that Matt LaFleur has had in his first two seasons. I mean, nobody expected 13 and three, nobody expected 13 and three again. And then obviously knocking on the door of two Super Bowls over the last two seasons, many franchises would not argue with that kind of success. I know we're right over here, but close to the Minnesota border. They would die to have that kind of success back to back seasons or in a season by itself. How many players away is this team with Aaron at the helm, obviously you have Aaron Jones back in the backfield uh, and, and the restructure for Preston Smith and Zedaria Smith. They did a lot of things on defense to keep their keep the squad together. But how many players are they away from being a, a team that can go in and, say, beat a Tampa, who is obviously putting all their chips in again this year, and take it to where they're actually playing for uh, Lombardi Trophy again? I I would say three, mm. and people would probably be mad at me for saying not one of them is an offensive player. I, I think you need a good cover, another cover corner, uh, somebody that's veteran savvy. Even though Kevin King at times when he's healthy can play extremely well, I think he got caught looking into the backfield, and that's one of the things that we had seen with him throughout the season. That if he gets caught looking, he'll get burned over the top, and mm. sure enough, he did just before halftime in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I think that they need a really good cover linebacker and you need another big body up next to Kenny Clark. Now people will say, well, you've got Kiki and you've got Rashawn Gary and Zedarius and they're going to mix and match. But Joe Barry for the system that he's coming from likes to play three, even four down linemen Mm -hmm. and put pressure on the quarterback and cut off cutback lanes for the run. And then your cover corners do the job. So that's the way they, or at least he's shown that he likes to approach this. So you're going to need another guy. I remember when Dom Capers got here, Ted said, what do you need? He said, I need a strong center. I need a strong middle linebacker. I need one pass rush uh, outside linebacker, and I need a strong cover corner. Mm-hmm. And he got them. You know, he went out and got those guys. So I think that's where they're at right now. Jair is considered one of the best now, one of the top five in the league. You need another guy alongside him, depth back there. But if everybody stays healthy on the offense, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do what they did last year with the amount of play action and the way Aaron – got comfortable on the run. So I, I would expect the I would expect the offense to maybe take a little bit of a step back, but not much. But the defense really need, needs to take a big step up. I'll get you out of here with this one. Obviously, opening day coming up this week. Uh, baseball is back. It feels good. It was That was one of the, the weirdest voids, I think, obviously outside of the NCAA tournament not happening last year, to not have, uh, especially in Wisconsin, when we lived through three, four, five, six months of winter, the sign that spring is here and that better times are coming is when baseball starts. Didn't happen last year. It's happening this week with the return of uh, opening day. Uh, how are you feeling about the Brewers this year? They got their starting rotation on point. Looks like the back end of that bullpen is is solidified and uh, Hader being like the, a genuine closer again. How are you feeling about the Brew Crew this year as we uh, look for the NL Central title again? I'm excited. I think the Cubs, while they still have names, I still want to see what they do with a full season of Ross as their manager after getting rid of Joe Madden because Mm -hmm. last year was a short litmus test and they weren't necessarily a really solid ball club. Getting rid of Schwarber, trying to shore things up in that fashion. We'll we'll see what they got. Um, They got a lot of arms that have had success, but whether or not they can put it all together, we'll wait and see. I still think that the Cardinals are going to be the team to beat. But I love the Brewers for the fact that they have got four really good outfielders. They've got depth. 
their infielders are extremely solid. They've got depth. Uh, third base is probably going to be the question. Marques and Hira, the way he's starting to hit the ball and hit with power, excites me. I think they've got a good catching battery. So it's going to come down to, obviously, they're starting pitching. I think they're at least three deep. And if you get to the postseason, you need four. So three deep being what it is, I like their chances. And uh, and we know what the back end of that bullpen is going to be. And if Devin Williams continues with just that changeup being that devastating, going from 96, 97 down to about 85 with a with you know a break that falls off the table, they're going to be really good. I think it's going to come down to their hitability of the middle relief, and then obviously being able to kind of sabermetrically put the numbers together through K Council to get you the best matchups because they've got left, right, left, right, left, left, right, right, right now mm -hmm. in their lineup the way it's set up. And I think that they're going to be formidable in the, the National League. And remember, they've got a great American ballpark, Wrigley Field, and and, and obviously AmFam. Mm -hmm. So three hitters ballparks for a team that can hit the ball. I'm excited to see what they can do. Well, it's exciting times, and you know, year-round sports is back, and we're uh, we're excited to uh, to keep up with things. Bill Michaels uh, at the Bill Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. He's on all the socials. You can find him on. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. He's joined the Twitch revolution. We're so proud that you're uh, you're part of the Twitch thing too. And uh, and congratulations on the success, not only of uh, of the live stream and the podcast, but uh, but the the networks. It sounded great on the show, and uh, and I'm really glad we got a chance to catch up, my friend. I'm appreciative uh, so much, and I apologize for being late. And you ask me anytime, I'll be 15 minutes early next time. I'll be <laughs> Lombardi time. <laughs> Lombardi time. There, late is on time. Isn't that, that it? No. The, late is, yes, being on time. 15 minutes early, is, that, that's when you're supposed to be there. So we'll go with Lombardi time next time. It's awesome. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Uh, have a good dinner tonight. And, uh, and go Brewers. It's got a big opening game coming up. I know you're doing some fun stuff for uh, for opening day. Is that right? Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's going to be 40 degrees. And I, we're not going to be at the ballpark. So I think mm -hmm. we're going to do some stuff here at the house and do some grilling out and, and just try to make it as fun a, of an atmosphere as we possibly can for those that are either paying attention or listening to the program, just like we did last year. And then eventually... We'll all be back down at Miller Park or down at American Family Field sooner rather than later. Awesome. Bill Michaels, thank you very much, my friend. Take care and uh, talk soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Awesome. There we go. Bill Michaels on uh, Cooperville Live. Glad we got a chance to catch up. And he can, that's right, he can be late anytime. <laughs>